Hey, everybody. Welcome back to It Wasn't Me, a true crime podcast. I am Cindy. And I'm Mercedes. Thanks for joining us this week for part two of The Stiletto Killer, the murder of Stefan Anderson by the hands of Anna Trujillo. If you didn't listen to last week's episode, I suggest you go back and listen to that one before you listen to today's. Our show is often horrifying and graphic, and we will use offensive language. So if you have kids, put them away for a while and join us for a murder. This is a true crime podcast. However, we will talk about our lives. We will make jokes and we will most definitely laugh during this podcast. You should probably know before we get started that if you're used to a more serious take on true crime, we will. we're probably not your cup of tea. Nope. Or a shot of vodka. <laughs> if you're open to hearing two fun women dish on murder, then join us. Please do. And if not, thanks for trying. Anyway, if you want to learn more about us, you can visit our website at itwasn'tmetruecrime.com. We really do our best to try to keep it updated, but you know. Anyway, starting this week, we're going to drop a new episode every other Friday. So be sure to subscribe to us on your favorite platform. Also, thank you so much for listening. And if you are even slightly entertained by us, our Southern charm, please leave us a five-star rating along with a comment and spread the word. Recommend our podcast to everybody you know. What's up, up Mercedes? How are you? I am doing really well. I'm so glad you look beautiful. Oh, your hair is getting long <laughs> and you're, you're glowing. <laughs> okay. So. All right. All right. Yeah. Well, I had a decent day. It wasn't that good. It wasn't that good today, but you know, the night's still young, shall I say? <laughs> I say. All right. Well, I think I'm just going to jump right in. You know, last week I told you about Stefan Anderson, a Swedish, yes. a Swedish research scientist and biochemist at the University of Houston, who was stabbed to death over 25 times in the face with a stiletto by Anna Fox Trujillo, who, if she was to be believed, was the victim's fiance. 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 <laughs> now, she claimed that Stefan had held her against her will because she was planning to move to Waco the next day. As Anna was under interrogation, detectives were busy investigating her and the victim. And last week, I told you mainly about Stefan, who police learned was a mild-mannered man admired by almost everybody that they spoke with. And people compared him to Norm on Shears. He was just, you know, a fun, living, good, fun guy. So this week, I'm going to tell you all about the violent train wreck that is Anna Fox Trujillo. <laughs> And um, there's so much shit on this lady that I don't even know where to start. Um, I promise you that I am only touching the tip of the iceberg on this woman. Okay. Oh, wow. I am fast tracking through it because I started this case way back in June. Remember that we took a hiatus yeah. for a while. She has been on my mind since June and I don't like her. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry if you're her friend. I don't like her. Okay. Um, so I this case is so interesting. So please, you need to uh, go do your own research. You know, there are videos of her in, um, being interrogated. She's done interviews on like the big networks. There oh, is so much I'm not telling you about her. Okay. Well, the image that I posted on our Instagram and Facebook pages last week to mm -hmm. advertise the new episode was the actual Shoot. stiletto yes the actual mm -hmm. stiletto and yes. so, and you know. listen the trial itself was half the book um Catherine Casey's book possessed the infamous Texas stiletto murder 
and she's got pictures in there. I suggest you read the book. Most of what I'm going to tell you, I found um, from her book. Okay. He did a thorough investigation and, you know, some of the things that she posted in her book were not presented at trial. They weren't allowed oh. at trial you know, oh, like background okay. and a lot of things. So at first I was, you know, doing the research on the trial and you learn a lot of, you get a lot of, you know, this, the, um, you know, the testimony and things like that, but Catherine Casey went deeper and, you know, interviewed uh-huh. people that weren't called to trial. Oh, wow. Okay. Very yeah. interesting. So according to Casey, Anna had been a housewife since she was a girl first watching over her younger siblings and then caring for her husbands and children. So she didn't really have, you know, the fun party time that, you know, I definitely had, but uh, apparently her first husband was quite abusive and violent. And then when she left him, her second husband was, you know, they both were, but he was kind of boring. He didn't want to go out and do things. And they really stopped getting along. So when she left him, her youngest daughter ended up moving back in with her biological father, the first husband, you know, the abusive one. Right. That, mm. uh, this man, by the way, is currently serving time in prison for molesting his 14 year old stepdaughter. Oh, so she sent to her, you know, the daughter to live with him. Wow. I, I wasn't going to say that. Then I thought, well, I didn't name names or anything. So that's, yeah. Okay. So, the, um, Anyway, this was Anna's real first real taste of freedom. And she decided to take her newly single ass to downtown Houston. Um, It was a very hip scene at the time. She very much enjoyed the Houston nightlife. She loved being the center of attention, especially uh, she wanted all the men's eyes on her. I'm sorry to interrupt. I didn't really see a picture of her. I don't think, or, or it wasn't memorable. Was she attractive? Um, she is described as being quite attractive. The, the pictures that I've seen of her are not, you know, men like a different, I guess her personality was super attractive. She was super fun and, yeah, you know, loud and she was super spunky and she would dance and, you know, do the salsa and she made people, she smiled a lot. So, you know, I'm not really sure what she looked on, looked like on any given night out, but the pictures mm-hmm. that I've seen were you know, after her rest, not okay. super flattering, but she's not a dog. She's not dog ugly or anything. Okay. Here she is. Uh, uh, okay. I mean, that's a mugshot. I guarantee uh, yeah, you look horrible. That's in that what mugshot. I'm saying. You know, when she yeah. had been drinking all night and, you know, um, she also, when she first moved to Houston was much uh, younger looking. She wasn't as, you know, uh, rough looking, I guess, from yeah, she does. I mean, these pictures of her at trial, her mm-hmm. face is puffy. Like, um, I mean, my face would be puffy too. So, right. so <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't think that, yeah. Okay. I mean, she's not, like you said, she's not super out of no. So when, when she moved to Houston, you know, she had all these dreams. She was great fun. She was all of her friends said that she was a bit wild, especially when she drank and drank and drank she Mm. danced everyone wanted to be her friend Um, another friend said that Anna had to have adoration and admiration from men and then she would often brag that whoever she was with at the time was obsessed with her oh he's obsessed he's so in love with me oh sure he is yeah she's a narcissist by the way she was um she was diagnosed as a narcissistic personality oh okay 
Um, she also worked, she got her ma uh, massage. She was a massage therapist. So what do you get your certification or something for that? You have to get certified. Yeah, that's like an AS degree. Like you go to a, like a trade school yeah. for it. Okay. So she got that. And um, when she moved to Houston, she rented studio space at, on a bottom floor of the Rice Apartments, which is an upscale apartment complex in downtown Houston near Rice University. It can't be cheap to live in downtown Houston. No, and it can't be cheap to rent studio space either. Yeah, no. So she presented herself as a rising businesswoman and hard worker. And, you know, she did well at first. Good for her. And now aside from her studio, she would also pick up part-time jobs, you know, to make ends meet because you're building your clientele or whatever. And one of the jobs was working security at Venue, which is an upscale hip hop bar. Now, Anna was only five foot five and 120 pounds, but she was all muscle and very strong. This is something that was brought up at trial as well, because the defense tried to say, oh, well, she's just this five foot five little thing. Uh, she can't fight, you know, this, this bigger man. So um, that's probably why I put this in here way back when. <laughs> All right. She had told her friend that her job at security was to watch for individuals who would cause problems. Now, this is pure irony because Anna herself was a violent drunk who caused problems everywhere she went. <laughs> oh. Whenever, yeah. So let me, let me, let me do tell, please. Please, one, please of her one of her former friends said that Anna once threw a beer at a server who didn't serve her fast enough. That's um, an ass whooping. Uh, yeah, we know. <laughs> 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 one time, <laughs> I was this restaurant. When you're one ready, time to talk I used about to it. <laughs> All right. So she said, okay, so this same friend also said that Anna bragged about how often she would get thrown out of bars for just being a bitch. She would lash out at all her patrons. She would lash out at patrons and staff. Once she slapped a server in the face twice because he bent down and picked up her bracelet after she dropped it. No, ma'am. No, ma'am. Right. Mm -mm. Um, another time they were, they had parked their car at a public garage and um, parking attendant goes to get your car like a valet. Right. And the parking attendant is like, you know, there are these people in front of you. You're going to have to wait your turn. And she grabbed him by his hair on both sides of his hair and shook him by his hair and yelled at his face in Spanish. I don't know how to say this in Spanish, but she threatened to curse him and his family if he didn't get the car instantly. So, you know, the man's Good. terrified. He quickly yeah. returned with her vehicle. And then another time she bragged about an incident in which she was choking a woman at a bar and it took two men to pull her off this woman. Okay. And she wasn't arrested in any of these accounts. Okay. So that's, you know what? No, she, now I'm going to talk to you about some instances of getting arrested. Oh, okay. You know, and I'm not sure why she didn't get arrested, but I know she got thrown out of a lot of bars and some of these things are documented. So like she was thrown out for a lot, she was thrown out a lot of places and not allowed to come back. Damn. She was a little firecracker and she drew attention, which she absolutely loved. Um, before she got too drunk, she was beautiful and full of fun and laughter and people were drawn to her, but she went out just about every night. She'd dress up, she'd wear stilettos, you know, she dressed she's very feminine and she was beautiful. Um, she was out a lot 
And being a local, she drew the attention of a local public channel that featured food and fun in Houston, you know, like a tourist TV, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So they would go to nightclubs and, and she would be there and they'd interview her. And then they decided that this network decided that, you know, she's good with the camera. She's got a good rapport when she's out. So they would ask her to occasionally host festivals and events and they would film her, but, um, she didn't get paid for it, which she was okay with because she got VIP treatment. She got to drink, she got to eat, she got to hang out and have fun. Yeah. But she began, she began taking like liberties, like, oh, this is my show and the Anna Trujillo show. And then she'd, um, you know, say, oh, well, I created this, I produced this. So there were a lot of problems and they decided not to use her anymore. I bet they didn't. Yeah. So the producer, you know, they, they had been, been friends, um, told Anna that she was not needed anymore. And so she slapped the producer twice in the face, pretty freaking hard. And this lady was scared of her. So yeah, she, she didn't call police. Anna's now, now all this time she's drinking and I don't have the dates written down. I just didn't do the dates, but all this time she's, she starts off with her own apartment and then she loses that and starts staying in her studio. Um, And I'm going to talk to you about that studio in just a moment. You know, I told you she got the studio at the Rice apartment. So mm-hmm. when she couldn't afford her, her other apartment, she moved into her studio. But when the landlord found out, they evicted her because she had gotten drunk and spray painted like these beautiful wooden floors and the, you know, the, um, the wall, she just vandalized it. Holy shit. Um, another time a police officer found her passed out on a sidewalk at a busy intersection of Houston's theater district she reeked of alcohol and she was obviously quite drunk and the cop put her in a cab and sent her to an address that she finally provided so they he didn't arrest her okay in 2010 a tow truck driver witnessed her run a red light she stopped (laughs) for a green one and she jumped a curb and of course he called the police It's like, I'm following this woman and he gave her the driver's license. And then a responding officer found her parked in a lot off the interstate. She was passed out in the driver's seat and she was unresponsive. Like he was trying to knock on the window, wake her up. And damn, yeah. So he had to, I guess, maybe break the window. I don't know what he had to do. He had to call somebody saying that she was unresponsive. I bet they did. I mean, yeah. If they can't get it to you, they'll bust your window. Yeah, they will. And they won't hesitate. Um, she was, oh, so uh, let's see, when she did come to finally, she became aggressive and she failed the sobriety test. So she was arrested. Oh. She was fined and put on probation and her fine was only like $200. So I guess she wasn't arrested for DUI. Not sure what the arrest, I didn't look up her arrest record, but okay. Um, she was drug tested and failed. She had to spend 20 days in jail on a pot. You know, she failed a drug test for a pot. This is while she was on probation. This is while she was on probation for the incident where she was unresponsive. Yes. Right. Okay. So she did spend 20 days in jail before. Um, But when she, after that, her friend said that she stopped smoking regular weed and went to smoking some sort of synthetic pot that was at the some sort of Iberia store or something like that. I don't know. But, that shit's bad news. Well, that's exactly the said in combination with alcohol, she became even more unstable. That's like 
bath salt bad news. Okay. Really? <laughs> yeah. You, actually, you can um, go on YouTube and you could actually Google or not. I mean, go on YouTube and search for videos about kids smoking synthetic pot and they'll like go and have start having seizures like immediately. I mean, it's bad. It's not good for you. Interesting. Um, in 2012, she was again arrested this time for public intoxic intoxication. <laughs> intoxication. Now, listen, sh- I'm going to tell you a secret. I have done something like this before. Okay. Oh, shit. <laughs> I wasn't arrested. Heading Thank goodness. <laughs> I mean, should I even say this? Okay. So she was arrested because she was at a restaurant slash bar. And she was so wasted that she was going around from table to table talking to people. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> I've seen this happen before. I've done this before a couple of times. Right? <laughs> One time I actually like fell, I crashed into a table and I felt <laughs> awful. It was a family and they had small children. Oh my God. I was such a bad girl. <laughs> well, apparently she was petting their children and hugging them and telling the kids like, Oh, you're so cute. I think I'm going to take you home. And then the restaurant manager tapped her on the shoulder and asked her, you know, would you like me to call you a cab because you need to leave? She went ballistic. She started screaming and cussing at him to get his hands off her. And of course, the police had to remove her from the place in handcuffs. Oh, I bet they did. Um, she was an independent woman. As I said, she loved the attention of men and she wasn't above using them to pay, help pay for her rent when necessary. One of the times that she had um, her, a small apartment, a neighbor told reporters that he was never surprised. Now this is one of the ones where Catherine Casey, this, I actually saw the man say this on a video clip, like oh, okay. news clip. And he said that, well, he, no, I don't know if he said this or if he said the next thing I'm going to read. He said that he was never surprised when Anna showed up on rent days with a middle-aged or older white guy on her arm. He said that Anna preferred young, muscular, tall black guys, but the old white guys paid her bills. And this is the same guy who told reporters that he once had a conversation with Anna in which he advised her to invest in pepper spray to protect herself because she walked around downtown Houston by herself at night. He said that Anna then bent down, took off her stiletto and said, no one is going to fuck with me. She didn't need pepper spray when she had a nine inch stiletto. I'm sorry for laughing. I can't even imagine my ankle. No, no, I know. But she wore these everywhere. Like it was in her normal attire. Um, She freaked out another guy, Anoush Joel. I'm not sure how you say his name. Anoush Anoush Joel with her, I probably shouldn't have said his name, but like with her stalkerish behavior, he lived in the Rice Apartments where she had her studio and they casually met at, at a residence happy hour event because, you know, it's like networking or whatever. Right. And she gave him her card or her number, you know, like, give me a call if you need a massage. But he had no intention of calling her because he found her to be too loud. She was too talkative. She was too drunk and way too flirty, and he's married. Good for but him. not that long after that meeting, he and his wife returned to their apartment after a night out and found Anna in their apartment. In the apartment. In the apartment. Now, what the fuck? Fuck <laughs> So the couple contacted security. It's like, what is this woman doing in our apartment? And then they contacted police. And I didn't, I don't know if she was just. Um, told to leave but it's just very bizarre behavior that is very bizarre 
Now, Joel wasn't interested, but Anna did have a lot of older male admirers who took care of her. Her friends said that Anna's self-esteem was built on the sexual adoration her admirers gave her. Her whole image was based on her sexuality, and she was willing to do anything to keep all eyes on her. One of her guy friends asked her to erotically pose naked in front of a picture window so someone across the street could take pictures of her. And one of her friends said that those pictures made their way around one of the neighborhood bars. Oh, do you think she passed them out or somebody else? Um, No, the guy did. I guess the guy was showing them off at one of the bars that he goes to. Um, Okay. um, Let's see those pictures. Okay. I already said that. Anna also had a few wealthy sugar daddies and she readily made herself available to them when they called. So she would be out with her friends um, and she'd get a call and she's like, I have to go. One of them was a wealthy physician who called one time in the middle of a fun night and, um, and she immediately left the nightclub. Her friend said that it didn't matter what was going on at any given moment. If the doctor called and I went running, uh, another sugar daddy put her up in a suite at the four seasons hotel. He bought her gifts and clothes, allowed her to entertain her friends at the hotel pool. You know, she liked the nightlife. So she just wasn't content to be arm candy to an old white dude. Now, by the way, have you started watching Reinventing Anna? No, I've tried one episode and I just, I was like trying to do multiple things. So So I I remember watching an episode with her on like one of those, you know, um, 2020 or one of those shows. Oh, really? Okay. Anna Anna Sorkin reminds me of her on a very low level. Anna Sorkin, right? Was that her name? Yes. Anna Delvey Sorkin was her real name. Oh, Okay. Okay, so Anna Trujillo had an on-again, off-again relationship with a a tall, handsome, fit Black guy named James Wells, who had once provided security for Beyonce. Oh. Wells, by the way, was also the guy, remember last week I told you that Anna went to Stefan because her roommates kicked her ass? Yes. He is the, he was the guy. Oh, okay. He really loved Anna. Um, He always gave her a place to stay when she needed a place to stay. And he said that she would transform from a warm, loving woman to a violent, angry one ready to attack. He said one time that they went to a nightclub together and, you know, Anna's waiting in line. You know how those nightclub bathroom lines could be. And um, she got into it with another woman and James had to come in and intervene. And he's like, why, why is it they're always getting into it with other people? And she shook her head and smiled like it was just a joke. And she really loved being the bully, violent, scary, aggressive drunk. Mm. Another guy that she lived with for a while, Frank Moore said that she got bored with him pretty quickly. He said, I figured she didn't need me anymore. My opinion, I didn't think she really liked older white guys, just their money. He's not wrong. Yeah. Um, Now there was one guy and I didn't put a slide on this, but his last name was Gaffney and he went out with her. He met her at a cocktail party or something. And he said that he woke up off the floor with his head hurting and apparently she hit him with a a candlestick damn and i guess maybe he hit her back or did something bad because you know i'm not sure i I didn't quite understand what happened there because they were both (laughs) drunk nobody really knows gotcha Uh, anyway anna told someone that older white men obsessed over her but she really couldn't stand them even though they would take care of her in 2012, her friend said that Anna had moved into the post, had moved into the park lane. Remember, those are the condos that um, yes. where she killed that man. 
with a 50-year-old white man who lived on one of the highest floors. Well, the couple went to the best restaurants. They went to bars every night, but it was one of those nights where Anna became violently drunk and slapped the waiter. And apparently that same night is the night that she locked eyes with Stefan Anderson as the elevator door shut. Remember I told you that little story? So Casey wrote that Anna must have known that her free ride with free ride with the 50 year old was about to end because he didn't like her behavior. So she needed somebody quickly to find her next hookup. And she must have realized instantly that maybe the old guy on the elevator could be her next meal ticket because that very night she went to the Parkland staff and asked about the man who just went up in the elevator. And then they let him know the next day and poof, before you know it, she shacked up with Stefan Anderson. He was, uh, yeah, he was 58, um, 59. I know he was 59 when he died and she was 44. So she was about 15 years younger than he. Nothing wrong with. Well, I don't, but she would tell people that he was too old. He was too fat for her. I mean, he was, she was not nice about, you know, him at all. Now, Stefan's friends were quite astonished at the rapid move-in rate. And when they realized that she had left one man on an upper floor for Stefan, they were concerned that her former lover would get angry. They kept asking him, is he going to come looking for you? I mean, hello, is he possessive? And they're like, you need to get her out. You know, this guy could be dangerous. But Stefan told them that Anna had nowhere to stay. So he's allowing her to stay with him. And one friend said, well, what if it, what if he comes after you? Stefan assured his friend that everything was fine. And then he said, it's just fun. I'm having fun. Be happy for me. Oh, poor guy. Yeah. Now it was obvious to his friends that she was not the woman for him, but Stefan was pussy whipped and nothing his friends said mattered. You know, when he sees her, he was very attracted to her. Yeah. Remember (laughs) that he told his friends, don't worry about me. Maybe I'll meet a hot Latina um, she posed seductively for him. There are all kinds of pictures. Um, he spoiled her with gifts, expensive shoes and clothes and dinner and drinks every night. That's be nice. Yeah. I mean, he I was would so, like, yeah. Now he was so in love with her and this was like pretty quick. He contacted an attorney about a prenup. Holy shit. Um, he told his friend that he loved her, um, that he didn't want to be lonely anymore. And he wanted a family but he was smart enough to go ask an attorney about a prenup. Yeah. Maybe so he was doubting it a little bit deep down inside and he wanted to, right. He, well, you know, yeah. if I'm going to do this, then I need to be smart about it. Right. That's true. You know, he probably knew somewhere deep down inside. Now his friend said, listen, there's no reason to jump into marriage. Take some time, get to know <laughs> each other, get things in order. And thank God he did. Now, Stefan did love Anna, but she had issues. She wanted his undying attention all the time. She didn't work. So she was always around, which was difficult for Stefan, who was used to getting lost in his work for hours at a time. Remember, I told you that he worked all the time with her. She'd want to go out late at night, stay out late. And he did go out, but he was, you know, he was home by a decent time. Well, yeah, because he had like a real responsible job. Right. Stefan told his friends that Anna didn't have enough money to find her own place or like, well, tell her to get her own place. She didn't have a job. And so he would sometimes vent to them that she was distracting and would interfere with his working time. And then he also said that he had received complaints from Park Lane's management. Uh Oh, now at some point, I guess maybe she got pissed off that he was working all the time. I'm not really sure. But one time she was home alone while Stefan was working and then 
somehow the water line connected to the refrigerator mysteriously ruptured. It caused water damage to his kitchen and the kitchen and the residence below his, and maintenance determined that the leak was sabotage. Anna had been the only one in the apartment at the time of the incident, and the park lane manager allegedly told Stefan that he should take care of the incident. He should take the incident seriously or it could escalate into something major down the road. So they were oh. saying that she deliberately cut this line. Oh, that was quite prophetic. Doesn't that, um, yeah, but you have to move a refrigerator to cut the line, right? Yeah. It seems kind of like, I don't know. I mean, I guess it would just depend on where the refrigerator was located. Yeah, that's true. But to flood their apartment and the apartment below, I mean, that's, I guess that would take some time. It, it, yeah, or it came out really fast, definitely. Yeah. All right, so another time, Stefan um, was, went down in the morning, I guess, to go to work and went to the complex's garage to find his Mercedes dented on all four sides. The paint was scratched. The bumper was crooked. So what? apparently while Stefan slept, she would take his car and his money out for joy rides. Shut up. Um, I'm not sure how many times she actually did it, but she did it at least once. Holy shit. Um, after that, he kept his keys and wallets hidden from her. And Stefan's friends did not like Anna. Like she was too loud. Remember I said that he, he would go out with friends just about every single night. He didn't cook. Right. And he would bring her along and they hated her. She was too loud. She always had to be the center of attention. She was sometimes not nice to Stefan. And she would talk about things that did not interest them. You know, they had more cerebral conversations and right. she was very immature, I guess. Well, and they are intellectuals. Right. They're probably hanging out with like-minded people. So right. They- uh, another time, a resident of the park lane complained that Anna had terrified his child in the elevator. She had stooped down to the little boy's level and got in his face and told him that he was so cute that she was going to take him away from his daddy. Now, the dad was understandably pissed and he went straight to management. And when the park lane manager spoke to Stefan about it, he defended Anna saying that was simply her way of being friendly. I don't give a shit. Right? You don't scare us. I would call police. Right? Yeah. Would have been. Now, yeah. Stefan often came to Anna's defense. He made excuses for her. Um, sometimes people would ask about the bruises that he would have. And he told Stefan, he told his friend Ron that Anna gets a little rough sometimes. Yeah. Um, that's in the bed and outside the bed. Now, regularly he made excuses for her when she became belligerent. He said she gets dis- she just gets disruptive when she drinks. Disruptive. That is an understatement. Um, yeah. I mean, you would and so like when she was sober the next day, she had no nope. like care in the world, no regret, no nope. like, oh, well, because I mean, I a lot of times people get like that. And then the next day they're like, oh, my God, right. I can't no, that. She but she would start like, drinking all over again. Damn. All righty. Yeah. Now, one time they're hanging out that, you know, the park lane is this great, con- this upscale living. It's got everything. It's near a park across the street. There's like. Uh, golf villas there there's um I don't know if we call it golf villas but they have a golf country club type setting they've got the pool they've got a lot of grills and bars and pools and stuff nice and one time they were hanging out at the park lanes outdoor grill and they were both pretty drunk and Anna started flirting with the other men and Stefan was quite embarrassed so apparently he whispered something in her ear and she got Mm -hmm. so pissed off 
that her behavior got worse and he just looked distressed but he didn't say anything more to her and another time one of the girls wait staff said that anna and stefan were seated at a table together when anna all of a sudden started shouting you are not going to fuck me the way he's gonna fuck me then she jerked her chair backwards stood up and stormed off my 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 okay oh yeah oh (laughs) what I read a little, <laughs> I oh. read a little before, sorry. Uh, yeah. Um, another time the two were drinking in the pro shop and Anna walked up to a table of men playing cards. She swooped the cards off the table, which pissed one of the guys off. And he's like, what the fuck are you doing? What's your problem? And she's like, you're all just niggers. And then oh Stefan, <laughs> right? Oh my God. Well, they were asked to leave and Stefan was guess- super embarrassed. And he's like, okay, he had had enough. So- he tells her, you have to move out. Yes. You have to get your shit and get out. You are not going to do that. And oh um, he officially had her permission to enter the premises rescinded. But you know how that goes. Is that um, like a like a trespassing type thing? Yes, like, it is. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because he owned his, he owned his condo. So he okay. was an owner. Um, you know how that goes. I mean, and you know, this is a case of domestic, what, domestic violence? Abuse. Domestic yeah. abuse. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he, he's obviously displaying the signs, you know, he's making up excuses and he's whatever. Um, so he does try to get rid of her off, but you know, you know how that goes. He kept seeing, they would run into each other. He would allow her to move back in. And then, you know, time and time again, she move in, she, a few days later, he would get fed up tell her she had to be out before he returned home. Um, one time she left, but she had taped his latch shut. So his door wouldn't lock. And she had done that a few times, but her, he called his neighbors like, can you make sure she's left? And the neighbor's like, yeah, dude, she, she taped her lock. So it won't latch. Um, Another time, according to Casey, Anna entered the park lane with a different guy and she had come in with a different guy and they went up to his room. And then the guy comes down in the morning and he's like, "Uh, did I come home with somebody last night? Because apparently he'd been drinking and he brought Anna home with him. And when he woke up, she was gone. But the concierge said, yeah, it was Miss Fox. Um, she had apparently tried to sneak into Stefan's apartment. Uh, of course she did. Yeah. Many of his friends were convinced that Stefan was being abused. Annika, who is his best friend, told Casey that Stefan was very nervous on the phone with her one time. He said, Anna's here and she'll get angry. She doesn't like it when I talk on the phone. And when <laughs> Annika said... Annika said, I thought you were through with her. Stefan said, I'm trying to get rid of her, but she keeps showing up. I go out and she's there. She knows where I go. If I talk to someone on the phone, she makes this. In the meantime, Anna was still telling people that Stefan adored her. She told them that she's going to marry Stefan. When she does, she'll never have to work again. And then Shonda, she's the one who beat the crap out of her last, I told you about her last week. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He said that Anna boasted about the control she had over Stefan. He was obsessed with her. She told her friends, but then she also said that he told her that he was old and he would make promises when he was drinking that he wouldn't remember the next day. Oh, so he's probably just telling her whatever she wants to hear and then getting it or she's making it up. Right. And, you know, obsessed or not, he wanted her out of his life. He had her barred from using his name to enter the park lane and he changed the locks on his apartment, but she was able to break through his barriers from time to time. You know, first it was hard for him to tell her no, especially when she would show up at his favorite hangouts. She'd run up his tab and then leave. 
Um, other times, this woman is ruthless, right? God, yeah. Um, she would call constantly and just show up. And one of Stefan's good friends advised him to block her number and to get a restraining order. But then he'd get drunk and lonely and he'd let her back in, Mm. or he would feel sorry for her and give her a place to stay. So this happened over and over and over. Have you watched that um, series, that limited series made? No. Okay. So I watched it and it's about some domestic violence. And in it, it says that it takes an average person seven times to leave and leave for good in domestic violence situations like that. Right. Because you an want average of seven sorry. times. Yeah. That, that's not surprising at all. That's frightening. So he had her banned again from the park lane and he lock, changed his locks again. And he was able to avoid her for a few weeks because he would go to other places. But one day he met a fellow scientist friend for lunch at Bodegas, um, which was one of his favorite places. That's like the taco bodega, Yeah, and this is actually where they were the night that she killed him. They went to bodega. Right, okay. Anyway, they were there. The um, the two men were there talking. They're at a table. They're having lunch, and Anna walks in. And she comes in. She sees Stefan, and she approaches the table with purpose. She's got a big smile on her face. And when she reaches him, she bends down like she's going to give him a kiss, and she bites the fuck out of his cheek. Like he's screaming, ow, and then he pushed her away and she had blood on her lips and his cheek had blood trickling out of it. She calmly walked out of the restaurant while he was left with a bitten, bloody cheek. He was embarrassed and in pain and scared and they had to clean it up and, you know, it was quite embarrassing. Uh, Another time he had a black eye and he made an excuse about Anna accidentally elbowing him. And another time he told a friend that Anna held a knife to his throat and yet another friend that she tried to choke him. That he had to pry her hands off of his neck and then she slapped him. So clearly this man was in a domestic violence relationship and it actually led to his death on that fateful night in 2009. Anna was eventually charged with murder and stood trial. She pleaded not guilty and claimed self-defense. Her attorney believed her and, you know, some claim that he even fell under her spell. Like it was a weird dynamic. And he did his best to show that Stefan was an abusive drunk who didn't want Anna to leave him. However, the prosecution had several witnesses who testified that Stefan had just met someone new. As a matter of fact, that the day that she had called him, remember she called and said, I just got beat up and thrown out. Can I stay with you tonight? Um, He had fallen in love with this new, like he and this new woman had been seeing each other a few times and had a really good relationship forming. And And so the prosecution said that Anna found out and knew that Stefan was through with her forever. And he said that she couldn't handle it. So the prosecution also called numerous people to stand who testified that Anna was a volatile, violent drunk. Um, and they also got to the bottom of what really happened that night. So Anna said that she wanted to leave the bar, but Stefan didn't. She said that Stefan got pissed off when a guy bought her a drink. And she said she called a cab and he got really pissed off because he wasn't ready to go. She said that he became violent when they returned to the apartment, and she also said that the two were engaged. But the truth, according to the prosecution, which, by the way, the jury bought, was that Anna was the one who didn't want to leave the bar, not Stefan, and video showed that. Video showed Stefan coming back inside for her three times because the cab was waiting for them. 
Now the cab driver and her husband also testified. Stefan was sweet and kind and he left him a really good tip and that the whole time back and it was rude and violent. The cab driver said um, Rosemary Gomez is her name was one of the last to see Anderson 59 alive. And she told the court that Trujillo's behavior left her fearing for his life moments before dropping them off at his apartment from the bar. Him, you need to be careful. Your friend is not in her right mind. Gomez described Trujillo as appearing drunk, cursing and acting belligerent toward Anderson while riding in the back seat. Gomez said that Stefan squeezed her hand gently and said, I'll be okay. There's a lot that I'm leaving out of the trial. Like one of the most spectacular moments of the trial is when the um the defendant no the prosecution like reenacted the stabbing because he like actually got um he straddled it and he was doing that and then they also um had her reenact it which was very um another thing that i didn't mention is okay so um like i said on april 11th 2014 the prosecutor climbed atop a courtroom table in front of a dozen wide-eyed jurors straddled a mannequin torso and pantomime hitting the dummy in the face with a high heel stiletto it was the first time the jurors who would eventually sentence her to life in prison could see for themselves how something so ordinary could be used in such a deadly way also part of the trial is they're saying that remember i told you the the officer showed up and he didn't give cpr the prosecution was saying now the defense was saying that he was still alive so he was stabbed 25 times in the face but that is not what killed him most likely they think he had a heart attack or he stopped breathing when she was also straddling him and choking him so the cause of death was never 100 um, determined and of course you know her prosecution or her i keep saying prosecution her defendant kept bringing that up you know we don't even know but she was sentenced to life in prison for the murder of her boyfriend and you know there's so much more to tell but i am so over her like seriously she's serving a life sentence in a houston prison somewhere um Stefan's family misses him his friends miss him tremendously and you know we a brilliant scientist with he made strides in pregnancy and um you know helping women get pregnant make uh, have healthy babies so she can rot in hell so that's it that's all i have for this week all right well thank you so much and thank everyone else for joining us we appreciate sharing our passion with you and we thank you for your support if you'd like to support us even further please consider subscribing to our podcast and give us a five-star rating and a comment Your subscription and ratings are essential to our success. You can do this on your favorite platform. For more information and links to our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter pages, visit our website at itwasn'tmetruecrime.com. Please recommend us, uh, It Wasn't Me, to your true crime-loving friends and family. And thank you for our Patreon supporters. You are the extra. We appreciate you. And hopefully one day we can quit our jobs and do research and have a show way more often than we can do it right now. Please consider becoming one of our beloved patrons by signing up at patreon.com forward slash it wasn't me pod. Thanks again, guys. And remember, it wasn't me. It wasn't me.